What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No BS Finance. So we've heard it all before. To get rich, you got to be in real estate. So you know what? We're diving into that today to see whether that's true, how realistic it is, and whether you should be investing in real estate to get wealthy. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about real estate investing. But as always, this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not meant as investment advice. If you do like the podcast, please download it, like it, share it with your friends, as it does help tremendously. My email, my Instagram, they're in the show notes if you want to ask any questions or you have any real-life scenarios you want me to cover on the podcast. If you are interested in a one-on-one consult, check out my website. The link is in the show notes and also in my Instagram bio. Other than that, let's get this episode going. All right, all right, all right, let's get into it. So I think everyone has heard the saying, quote, to get rich, you got to be in real estate, unquote, or at least something along those lines that follows the general sentiment that the best way to become rich or build wealth is to own real estate or invest in real estate, whether that be residential through homes, uh, renting out, or commercial, like buying big buildings that other companies can get into. And usually you hear that from people that are super rich, are generally older, sorry boomers, I'm not going to put the blame on you, but it generally is your generation, or just feel like copy pasting what they hear from rich people or TikTokers or influencers or whatever the fuck it is. And I've definitely heard this. I hear it from friends. I hear it from my wife. I hear it from family. The sentiment is everywhere. You know what? I hear from random people, like random people that I just met are like, oh, real estate. You're like, fuck. God damn it, it's everywhere. Because real estate prices keep appreciating. Airbnbs are everywhere. Rental units are in super high demand. So it's just a space where a lot of money can be made. But is it really the right way for you to build wealth? Now, before we get into the weeds here, when I talk about investing in real estate in this episode, I am mainly talking about real estate as an investment. So, We're talking rental properties. We're talking Airbnbs. We're talking purely for appreciation or extra income, not your primary residence. We're not talking about this as like, you're buying your first house and I just want to live in it and and do that kind of thing. That is an investment, but that's not the real estate investment I'm talking here because that real estate, you're going, hey, I'm going to live here. Whereas real estate investing is, hey, I'm going to buy this second home or something, or I'm going to buy this condo unit to rent it out or something along those lines. Now, from here on out, I'm going to be referring to that. When I say real estate investing, I'm not talking about your primary residence, but if that changes throughout the episode, I will make that specifically known. So let's cut out the opinions and qualitative, no, yeah, qualitative information first. Sorry, quantitative, qualitative. So we're cutting out the opinions. We're cutting out the qualitative information first. We'll get into that later but let's get straight into some numbers. So let's talk Canada first. Per Statista, which I think everybody heard of and pretty good stat website, the average home price in Canada in 2018, at the end of 2018, was $489,000. Obviously rounded, it's not a pure 489, but $489,000 Canadian. 
And in 2023, it was $678,000 Canadian. This is a 38% appreciation in value over five years. So pretty good. In the US, based on statistics from trading economics, it looks like the average home price was around 380K in 2018. This is US. And in 2023, it was around 490K US. I say around because the bar chart kind of sucks, but it's those numbers, give or take like five or $10,000. So that equates in the US to a 29% return. So really good numbers. And the graphs just show those on a steady decline from whenever. So they're always just steadily trending up. You don't really see any dips other than obviously 2008. Um, so a 38% increase in Canada versus a 29% increase in the US. Now, I know, first of all, before I get into the next part, these are only five-year statistics. This isn't 10-year, this isn't 20-year, this isn't 30-year, but we'd see the same general trend where it's trending upwards. Like, I feel like everybody has uh, an old person in their life or an older person, not old, older person in their life who's like, oh, I bought this plot of land for 50K and now it's worth like 400,000. Yeah, because they probably bought it back in like 1980. So it just shows that the it is appreciating over time. But we're going to use five years just for the sake of this. Now, let's check the increase in the S&P 500 and the Dow, the Dow Jones uh, index in the time frame as well. So at the end of 2018, the closing price of the S&P 500 was around $2,500. And at the end of 2023, the closing price was right around $4,700. That is an 88% return. Unreal. For the Dow Jones industrial average, the closing price at the end of 2023 was, uh, oh, sorry, the end of 2018 was around $23,400. And at the end of 2023, it was $37,400 which is a 60% return over five years. So S&P, 88%, Dow Jones, 60%. So obviously, the stock market returns are higher over the five years, which is, as I mentioned, a very small population size. But I think a lot of people these days expect to make a really good return on their house in the time frame of like five to 10 years. I think that's what you generally see. You're like, oh, I'm gonna buy this and it'll pay itself off in no time. So... It is also rather relevant to the realistic scenarios we are seeing these days, like five to 10 year range of what I was talking about before. Also, another thing to note, stocks have been on a serious bull run. Like they've just been trending upwards like crazy, but it does show that the returns for stocks have been greater over this time and that real estate doesn't always mean better returns. Whereas I think if you were like, if you were to ask a random person or an average person and be like, oh, which... Which one is making better returns, like stocks or real estate right now? I think most people would be like, oh, real estate, like it's always appreciating. And yes, it is appreciating, but not as much as stocks right now and not as much as the indexes. But stocks can generally be riskier because like I said, they have been on a bull run and it doesn't mean that that bull run can't end. And that's the same with the housing market. It's just not as frequent. Like lots of people remember 2008 and how the housing market crashed and people just walked away from houses. Like, yes, a real estate crash is less likely, but that doesn't mean that it can't happen. So that's like a microcosm snapshot snapshot of just some comparable investments. And you can reach back even further if you want to. Like you can look at 10-year, you can look at 20-year, you can look at 30-year returns. Because yes, over the last 50 years, real estate has done crazy well, but so have stocks. 
But let's get more into the details and the qualitative aspects here. Because we've run through some numbers of returns and comparable returns, but there is so much more to it than that when thinking about investing in real estate. And I'm sorry, I'm probably gonna go off on a bunch of tangents here. Um, so I apologize in advance, but I'll try and keep it generally on track here. I'll try and keep it sequential-ish. So as I said, there's a lot to think about when you're investing in real estate. And I think the largest one in mind, and I think for everyone, is buy-in cost. Buying real estate is fucking expensive. Like even using the numbers I had before, the average price of a home in Canada in 2023 was $678,000. $678, so you have to come up with $678,000, which involves getting a mortgage or taking on leverage. And leverage returns are usually higher. I've talked about this before in a previous episode because let's take an example. Let's say I decide to buy a $1 million home. So I take out an $800,000 mortgage to do so and put down $200,000 as a down payment and I make a 20% return. So I make a 20% return on this million dollar home. 20% on a million dollars is $200,000 return. Now let's say instead of taking on a mortgage, I just decide to invest the $200,000 down payment and make a 20% return. I now only make $40,000. It legit is just logic that when you have more money to invest, the payoff will be magnified. So yes, if you take on a mortgage or use leverage, the return will be greater because you're using more money. And I don't think that the bank is going to give you a loan so you can go buy more ETFs of the S&P 500. Like you walk into the bank, you're like, hey, I just wanna be a day trader and spend more money. Can I have like $800,000? gonna be like, fuck off. So they're not gonna do that, but they will give you one for a home. But in general, you get my point. Buying into real estate can be crazy expensive. Interest rates, you have, I don't know, you have a bunch of costs on top of that as well, which we'll get into, but um, that's the first point. Like stocks are super low to get into, but real estate is super high. And it really doesn't make sense for like 99% of the population to just go around buying real estate. It does, however, make sense to use monthly deposits to buy stocks because there's no large sum of money you need. And the next iteration here becomes... I own, let's say I own a primary residence. Should I Airbnb out part of it or rent out part of it if I have the space? The answer is probably yes. If you are comfortable with other people being in your home, Airbnb is a great way to help pay off your mortgage. Uh, caveat with Airbnb, the rent or the, the regulations are getting really, really tight and Airbnb might be getting a little bit fucked up here. So if you are thinking about buying a home, make sure you read recent news updates and all the past reports on what the Airbnb regulations are right now in your city because they are getting tighter and tighter. So anyways, if you do have the space, Airbnb is a great way to help pay off your mortgage. Renting is much the same, but you have to be aware of the cost that you will incur with renting, uh, whether that be through Airbnb or just renting. You'll have repairs, you'll have high utility and Wi-Fi costs, and you may not make much of a profit sometimes with expenses and such. But it is a great way to help you pay your mortgage, especially Airbnb because you can just jack up the prices. So we have now touched on two of the bigger questions or issues with real estate investing. And I think the final one is just the broad question of if I have the money or can use leverage, should I invest in real estate or something else? And I think this is the main 
question that people want answered. And this doesn't include, as I've, I feel like I've caveated this a bunch, but this doesn't include having a primary residence because I think everybody wants a house to live in before they start buying other property for investment purposes. You're not just going to be like, oh, I'm renting, but I bought this house and I'm just going to rent it out this entire time unless there's like unforeseen circumstances. That's like the only other one. Um, but yeah. And the answer to this question, as always, is it depends. Real estate is a very stable market. And when you use leverage, as we mentioned, you can get better returns. But will you get better returns from owning a house versus owning stocks or bonds? And that's where it gets debatable because it depends on what the market does. So stocks go on a serious bull run and earn you a ton of gains. Or they could go bearish and you could lose a bunch. Whereas you don't really see those swings with real estate. But if you do buy one just as a secondary residence and for the appreciation, you have to take into account the money you will have to pay on top of that. Like utilities, property tax, Wi-Fi, water, mortgage interest, like all that kind of stuff. And with stocks, you don't have that extra cost coming out every month. Now, the interesting one is if you had a million dollars, I know a pipe dream for many, pipe dream for me as well. Would you put that in real estate or would you put that in bonds? Because bonds are not as volatile as stocks. So do I go real estate or do I go bonds? Very similar things, except obviously um, real estate is a physical structure, obviously. So bonds are stable and they provide a constant income. They just don't really appreciate in value. So let's say you had a conservative bond portfolio that paid out 4% every year. So a 30K a year on a million dollars, pretty good. Or you put that money into a second house. Over five years, the bond income would pay you out $200,000. If we use the Canada increase in the sales price of homes of 38%, your home would be worth $1.38 million in that five years. So you would have 380K of capital appreciation on your home versus the bond income of $200,000. That's a $138,000 difference. But you have to keep in mind that over that five years, you're going to be paying extra money into that house, like interest, like utilities, like everything like that. So that 380K that you made is probably decreased quite a bit because you've actually been paying more money into that house as opposed to bonds where it would just be getting paid out. And then when you sell the house, you get taxed on it and bonds get a special tax credit in Canada. So they aren't taxed as much. So it really comes down to specific tax numbers. And if it's coming down to taxes, then there really is no bad option. <laughs> so I'm talking really fast because you can see how it just gets more and more confusing. And at the end of the day, I didn't even answer the question, should you buy real estate or something else? And it comes back. It depends. Like you can see all the things that it really depends on. And it's not just a simple formula of, oh, buy real estate, get rich. Like, fuck off, man. 99% of the population can't even fucking afford a house. So it depends, like it depends on your risk appetite. It depends on whether you want to take on another mortgage, whether you want to commit to being a landlord. And there are just a lot of things that go into the, into this decision but the main thing is the saying you got to own real estate to build wealth is just incorrect. Yes, in hindsight, like these people that bought plots of land for $50,000 and are now selling for $400,000, yeah, like it looks fucking awesome. Like that's great. Like yes, taking on leverage to buy your primary residence is a great way to build wealth and be able to live and all that kind of jazz. But 
buying real estate is not the only way to build wealth and people telling you differently really are just wrong. You want to build wealth? Monthly payments into an investment portfolio, starting early, doing it consistently, putting it into stable growth stocks like ETFs, like stuff that matches the S&P or the Dow Jones so you can make these great returns. That's how you build real wealth. Consistent returns year after year after year are the real key to success here. I know I didn't touch on everything this episode, but that is going to wrap it up. I know that there might be some questions coming in and I will try and answer them as best I can through emails, through messages, all that kind of stuff, but that is going to wrap it up. So some key takeaways today. Real estate is a great way to build wealth, but it is not the only way. Don't let people make you think that. The way people build wealth through it is through leverage investing. If you want to rent out your home, take all the costs into consideration. And just think about it. Stock returns have been better than real estate returns over five years, and you have a cheaper buy-in cost. And the last one I want you to remember is good old bonds. Like, Man, if you had a million dollars, it's like the the example I did. If you had a million dollars, would you go into real estate or would you go into bonds? If you weren't planning to live at this other place, personally for me, bonds, man, it's nothing to worry about. I invest in bonds. I know I'm getting 30K a year at a 4% return. It's unreal. It's for, for me, it's common sense, but once again, to each their own. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you learned something new. If you like the podcast, please like it. Please like it. Please like it, share it, download, as it does help tremendously. If you have questions, shoot me an email. Message me on Instagram. Happy to help. If you want to talk about your financial situation, find me on nobsfinances.com and let's get started. Thanks again, everyone. Hope you have a great day and we will see you next week.